I love how you're recounting the story as if I was not <laughs> involved <laughs> directly. As I was like, I'm, yeah. Brian, I was there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. It was just funny. Previously on the study. <laughs> Previously on the study. It just looks like an episode of the Kardashians. It's just all this weird petty <laughs> drama. <laughs> I'm going to get a bigger ass. Is that what, isn't that what they say? I don't know. I've never watched <laughs> Something the like that. Neither have I. It's always been never. like, I've been like hearing it from another room or something. I'm just yeah. like, I'm not getting I always it. hear it <laughs> after the fact, like through other sources and like but yes i try to i try to stay away from the kardashian you can like smell the stupidity in the air when it's on <laughs> i oh, can't yeah. deal with that <laughs> i'm i just it's just not my thing it's not my thing it's not my cup of tea yeah i'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that i will i will say no more fair deal uh so what's new with you what's exciting well <laughs> sorry eating did i get you while you're eating yep i didn't know you were gonna ask me anything <laughs> nothing too much other than I found edible cookie dough. That's not where I thought I was going when I heard edible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I found I found people that you can eat. No. No. <laughs> no. Edible cookie dough, you say. Interesting. Yeah. No, no, no. I gotta say, it's pretty decent. You can bake okay. it too if you want. Ooh. But it's ready to eat. No eggs involved. I guess if you also too, like if you're making your own ice cream, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. No, that's that's what I'm thinking, but I don't have any ice cream, so and I just wanted something sweet. I remember back in the day we had an ice cream maker, and like it would make like Ooh. just like one of those little like one of those little tiny tubs, like the little ones that you like single serving and then you're done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it would make one of those at a time. But like you can make whatever you wanted in it. So we did. We tried like weird stuff with it. Some, yeah. Some more failurey than other. Do you ever remember? I swear this was a thing. It was like a, a yeah 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 almost like a frosty right? Okay. Like a frozen milkshake that you would get in the freezer section at the grocery store and I swear Milky Way made it or like that it was like mm. or something like that maybe not but as I recall do you recall anything like that sounds familiar I know Oreo did one I know I'm not giving you much to go on here no that's fair but still I'm like you're just like all right it wasn't well, like you're, like you're a Klondike me, you're or something. me nothing to go on no it wasn't a Klondike you used a spoon to eat it and it was okay. it was the closest thing I could compare it to was like a frosty but yeah. frozen like it was more frozen than a frosty because it was sitting in the freezer. If you take like a frosty fresh one yeah. and then you put it in the freezer for later, you know how like it doesn't come out quite the same. It's kind of like a little bit more iced over a little bit, almost like slushy like in the texture of it. Mm, yeah, I personally can't say it's ringing a bell. It doesn't mean I'm not saying it didn't exist. No, no, no. no. Say uh, what you're thinking. You think I'm crazy, don't you? Well, I think that in general, but it's not because <laughs> of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the least. This is the least thing. Like you thinking about some frozen milkshake from 30 years ago. No, that dude, that's that's mild. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so what do we got? What do we got on the docket today here, sir? Good sir. Today, I have radio play. Hey. Going back to, I think these first started appearing with the start of the radio. Because mm-hmm. the ra- when the radio launched, there was no TV. So yeah. the radio was kind of like the first in-home entertainment source with the advent of electricity yeah and there were a lot a lot of kids shows i know started at the at the start a lot of there was like the a lot of westerns and that kind of thing yeah i I remember in christmas story didn't they have like a little bit about him yeah little orphan annie yeah yeah that's it yeah so yeah a lot of that kind of stuff at the start but as things went on it kind of took a downturn with the advent of television and television really taking over the home but then as 
the digital age took over podcasts root around yeah as soon as podcasts are in play they started creeping into that space and then before you know it you have chapter by chapter digital downloads of radio plays and it was like it was a really smart thing for that platform and i think that they've been around for a few years so there's there's a growing library of stuff out there that's pretty cool no i'd, I'd say so i i can remember you were talking about when radio was kind of the first big multimedia technology especially in the early 20th century i can remember my grandmother that was how that was their their cell phone their social media at the time if you want to i'm trying to compare it to yeah the more modern version i mean radio is still a big thing <clears throat> um Oh, especially on satellite. Yeah. Yeah. But I can remember that was how they got their news. She would tell me the stories of like during the war, how FDR would have his like fireside chats and Mm -hmm. they would keep the update. I've always thought too, like if you had the ability now, like everything, it's like 24 seven live stream. You can like literally, you can just see everything going on. I don't know. How, how would that have played out in, in World War II if you had the technology that we do today? I, I, I shudder to think of that, but it's strange to know if like you had the ability to literally pinpoint where like the front line is and where everybody is at the same time. I guess yeah. there could be some benefit to that, but I'm, I'm digressing. I'm going off topic. But yes, I, I can remember her saying the radio was like that. That was the main thing to the point where she would always fall asleep with it under her pillow. She had like a little, yeah, one of those little like battery powered radios handheld that you yeah. could have she stuck under the pillow and just listened to it and fell asleep. Much like how she, I'll fall asleep. She had it now. on an iPod Nano and then she just put the <laughs> iPod Nano under her pillow. I just think it's it's funny because like now most of I'll fall asleep with my phone on. That's yeah. where I get the information from. So it's and it's it, not yeah. too it's not that that unlike what what it was. So it's kind of all come full circle. It's no, interesting. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, in, ter- but, in terms of like what we have today, I mean, there's some really interesting ones out there that I personally have become really attached to quite a few of them. And I, as as a storytelling form, I think it's an interesting one because you can kind of multitask with it whereas you can't mm-hmm. like with a tv show or a movie you kind of have to focus on it unless it's something you've seen before but typically if i'm putting something on i want to watch it i don't want to ignore it and with podcasts you can kind of just stick it in your ear and get a few other things done or while you're writing or doing whatever yeah. it's like that's what i kind of like about them is you can kind of do more than one thing <laughs> with them there is and it's, there is a i can get a lot of more of them done yeah there is a much more meditative quality to them, I, I would I would say if that if that makes sense. Yeah, and I know you and I have talked about this off air a few times, but like, what are some of the ones that you've come across that have really struck you, if any? In in terms of like currently, yeah, or, like any any ones that are out there or something, anything that you picked up, you know, even retroactively, even going back to like Orson Welles and World well, that one too. Like I mean, that. that one's that's one of the first one that comes to my mind. Um, yeah, the the famous Orson Welles War of the World broadcast that he did, the reciting of it, and I I can remember like people like there, I guess there were people that freaked out when it happened because they took it as as real, but I, I don't think it I don't know if it got as bad as like it's the the legend of it has become. Yeah, I think that was a crisis of marketing because like it just yeah. kind of happened and they didn't really preempt people for that at all. Well, one and this I, this isn't more this isn't so much a narrative one, but I guess it is in the sense more of a character driven. Have you seen? I don't know if it's still. I haven't listened to it in a bit. Let me just double check here. But have you seen the podcast, the Ron Burgundy podcast? I actually have not. I did not. I was unaware this was a thing. Yeah. No. Let me. Let me. Let me make sure here. Yeah. Yeah. The Ron Burgundy podcast. Yep. I think it's still going. Is like actually with Will Ferrell? Or is yeah. It, no. Like, and just... he does. He interviews the guests, but as Ron. as Ron Burgundy, as that character. So I, I do. Oh, I do God. like that a lot. I was completely unaware of that. I'm going to have to check oh, that you, one out. How, you, you're the king of podcasts. <laughs> I know. That one's completely slipped by my radar. I think it, I might have heard that in passing, but I just, I 
completely forgot that that was a, a thing. Yeah, hold on here. Let me. I'm checking to see. Am I not? What? What? What am I doing wrong here? What? What is? What? What is this? What is wrong with me? I don't know. Well, there's five seasons at least. Okay. I'm. I'm trying to see if they're still doing them or if it. Do they list what the length of their seasons are? It looks like about. Looks like about. Let's see. That's eight episodes. Let me check season four. Yeah, it goes about eight episodes. So it could be. It's. I cannot confirm or if it's still going, but it is definitely one that I enjoyed when I came across it few years yeah. back listen to it I, I liked just one because i, I like I love anchorman uh, oh my gosh see, yeah one of the most talk, quotable movies of all time yes absolutely i mean we we quote that's one of the ones i say we quote that's up there we quote that one a regularly lot. regularly for sure it's, just, it's, um, it's become a it's become involuntary now at this point it's just it's literally ingrained in my vernacular at this point <laughs> yep yeah huh yeah, I trying to think of some of my cardinal few that I've I've really enjoyed specifically that are radio plays. Like I have a lot of podcasts that I like that are not necessarily narrative, like mm-hmm. a lot that are based on storytelling. But some of like the ones that are like strictly like narratives, like they're meant to play out like an audio radio play. My, de- my I think my personal favorite that I've heard is K sixty three. It is a Spotify K63, original. Okay. I, you probably heard this story, actually. I think you and I talked about this at one time, but it's it's based on, like, the core of what that story is is based off of an actual real event that happened. But, like, it's it's obviously, like, very, very embellished into, like, the hypothetical possibility of what this guy said was true. But the real yeah. story of, of it is this guy was picked up naked running through town, and he was picked up for public indecency. And they got him in. He was eventually put with a therapist and his official statement read that he was a time traveler from the future and he started listing out events and a lot of which correlated to things that were happening and it was getting to be (laughs) oh this guy might be telling the truth so it was like it was obviously never confirmed or denied but it was a very interesting story and then a few people picked it up and decided (laughs) decided to run with it well what if he's actually telling the truth yeah was kind of the idea so the first season is really great it kind of goes through and like pretty much follows strictly just like the case reports of like what happened but then at the end of obviously to avoid spoilers i don't want to blow the series but so if you if you do want to i do encourage checking it out if you haven't though maybe come back and give us a chance but oscar isaacs is in it it's julianne moore and oscar isaacs in the Mm. lead roles yeah it's a spotify original it's actually funded by spotify something that they decided to produce themselves it's a great little series especially that i really like that first season just recently they dropped a second Uh and uh, goes and spirals off into the whole chaos of time travel and you know me i love time all things time travel anything relating to time travel so it was an inter- it was definitely an interesting dive but great performances and what i love most about it is they are very short episodes they're just like quick in and out and like each season is like like so far has been like the equivalent of like a normal television episode so yeah it's kind of nice to just have something you can kind of burn through when you have the time and can pick it up and while you're multitasking or doing other things so what would you mention like the length the format what have you have you found like because i'm i'm not as familiar with radio plays as you are have you found what tends to be like that that 30 minute one does that tend to be the sweet spot for doing a radio play I th- narrative i think it really depends on the story and that's why i think it's such a unique medium especially now that it's like kind of getting its legs in podcasting mm-hmm. it seems to be where it's kind of getting its footing what i like about it is that t- that timestamp, that length is kind of just really dependent on what the story you're telling is and it's like 
if you're going to have one that's a bit longer, I think you need to justify it with a story that's worthy yeah. of it. But at the same time, I personally find the shorter ones to be better because it's you're getting to the point a little quicker, I think, is mm-hmm. why I like them. But I, there, I have a few that I watch that are upwards of like 45 to an hour an episode. So but the, one of the big ones that I really like is a show called Baraska, and it's Baraska, that's interesting. Yeah, it's. I'm trying to put it into words. And like, this is these are my own words of description for it. But it's kind of like if you took Stranger Things and then revisited those characters like in 20 years in a therapy session of them recounting those events. <laughs> it's kind of like what Baraska is. <laughs> But it's an interesting one. It, it's they they're still going strong. They they've been around for a couple. Years, so they're a good one for sure. There's a show called Homecoming, which actually got adapted into a USA drama series by the same creative team that did Mr. Robot. Oh, okay, all right. Kind of like a surrealist, kind of corporate, interesting type thing. It was there was a lot of interesting wheels turning on that one. I never got around to. I only watched a few episodes of the TV series, but I, the fact just the fact that that one got that's the only one I can think of that kind. Of spun that way. I know there have been others, but none that I've followed directly. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. And then we were talking about, I think last week about Until Dawn a little bit. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of the names that were involved in that were on a series called Blackout. That one I haven't gotten fallen, followed through all the way so far. That's also a really interesting one. It's a kind of unique story. There's a lot of other ones out there. I know that Marvel even has their own full run of interconnected shows now. They did the Wastelanders comic series as I think it's like four or five different podcasts that are interconnected by separate episodes. Wow. So it's kind of like it's Old Man, Star-Lord, and Rocket together in one of them. There's one strictly about Doctor Doom taking over the world and then (laughs) there's all kinds of stuff out there now. I mean, it's the forum has been kind of open-ended, especially since a few years back, Spotify and Apple open sourced their platforms to kind of let anybody come in to make content that they want. That's the whole reason that you and I are even on here talking right now. No, that's so, true. Yes. It's, just, it's kind of interesting how this flood of content has happened because if you have the gumption to go out there and produce something, it can be there. No, and it and it's still what's what I love is the rules, not the rule, but the guidelines or the basic principles of storytelling are still there even in just the audio form. I mean, you look at yeah. you look at how big like just speaking of like audio stories, like how big audio books have become recently. I feel yeah. Like they, that has exploded uh, along with, and maybe that's a, an effect of like the podcast scene, but and the internet itself. But that has become huge lately. I've noticed. Yeah, big time. I, I noticed a lot of local libraries have support on both Hoopla and Lily, and you can get audiobooks from that, like just from the library. If you have a library card, you can get get reserved an audiobook, and if you don't have the time necessarily to always sit down and read a book, it's nice to be able to have that as an alternative option. Mm-hmm. No, that. It, what's what's interesting, I think, I like too, is, and you might have just, you might have mentioned, is the accessibility for anyone to to do it and put it out there. So like if you, I would say it's, I mean, just how we're doing this podcast right now. Yeah. It, in today's age, it's literally the one where all you just need to find is just to have, like you said, the gumption to, to see it through and write the story. And then I know like me, I'm not, I'm not the best actor in the world, but Maybe you can, you know, someone who would like to act it out or do the readings for you as you record it. But there's very little in your way other than your own challenges. It's just you getting it done 
and putting it out there. Yeah. It was like, you know, if you want to make a movie, even if you want to make a movie, great. You still got to get the camera. You got to get the script. You got to get the crew, shoot it. The locations. The locations, which is an absolute... I'll have to share a look, look trying to get a location horror story one day. Okay. But we, we'll save that because that one will take me a while. Yeah. They're, they're like writing a book, even if you want to write a book or craft poetry you you can do that but then if you want to publish it getting it out there's can be a little bit difficult too i mean yeah. obviously with the ebook thing but you still gotta go through all those hoops i i do think the narrative radio play the narrative podcast whatever whatever term you want to use is the most accessible one in terms of just what you have to get done to actually being able to put it out there for everyone to enjoy I mean, correct. If you if you can think of something else, maybe I'm wrong here on this. Well, part of what I've liked from what I've seen of radio plays actually being produced, because now I've seen like behind the curtains of a few of people I know that have made them. It's kind of like the atmosphere of a table read, and especially yeah. post COVID, where we're all getting so accustomed to video screens and everything. It's as simple as just picking up a mic and then getting somebody on a on a video conference. You can you can really produce one of these things just by phone call, really, and obviously a little bit more in depth than that. But putting mm-hmm. it into simple putting it into simple terms of like how it feels to actually sit down and get it done there will be some sound design involved and some music production but those yeah. things will come after like the actual sitting down with your actors it's like it's not so much of like so much of a production that it feels insur- insurmountable it's like it isn't as it's a very attainable medium which I've, yes. i i kind of love about it yeah you no know, one and you had mentioned before one I, I was trying to look up the name for it one i had listened to fairly recently have you heard of welcome to night vale no that's one that's got by me what's this no yeah the, so it's fictional podcast again i haven't kept up with some of them but i do remember listening to a few episodes it has it's definitely in that old school like we'd mentioned war of the worlds the famous orson wells one it's definitely yeah. in that old school radio style and it's set in the the city the town of nightvale where just like each episode it like there can be like just really like weird things are going on monsters which can be a little bit of horror yeah it it, it, it has a little bit of a an evil dead vibe sometimes to it with because you can get a little bit of humor in there it's a unique one that i'd stumbled upon a little while back i haven't i haven't i haven't kept up with the with the podcast and the narrative play but that's one i would definitely recommend checking out yeah that sounds interesting it's like i like stuff that's like a different tone like that and you referenced evil dead i mean evil dead is a very different kind of mix of making you laugh and scaring the hell out of you mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, anything that's a little bit different I'm, I'm definitely on board well and two with the radio play one i remember another one i found i i think it was just a kind of a a uh, limited series or a one-off if you want i i notice a lot of people will do things like the iliad or the odyssey or beowulf which i think is great but the, some of them some of them will, will do it like straight out just kind of the way it was others will take it and adapt it and kind of update it for a more modern audience at which I love because I think like, Hey, if that gets people to get interested in these classic stories and getting people reading them again, or at least enjoying them again, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. I even saw two, I was just looking at this up recently in my research, YouTube, you can pull up all these recordings of like classic radio just runs just hours of radio off of like certain mm-hmm. stations from, from the past. And then like, cause like a lot of them would like do reruns of a lot of the same shows. It's like, you can, you have access to this database yeah of stuff from like decades and decades of all these sto- all this storytelling and stuff i'm like i don't even know where to start with all that because there's so much material on, yeah. like out there so i mean the the wealth of stuff that's out there is just like it's so awe-inspiring honestly. no it is you mentioned like yeah having all those the, those radio plays and like that wealth of information if i 
can remember correctly from science class. Don't Ooh, if I'm if going I'm totally, back to science class. If, if I'm totally wrong here, I apologize. I'm not we're I'm not wealthy enough to actually put tons of research to cut this out. Cut this out. Cut that. Cut that. C- cut that. Cut that out. No, but I, isn't it that like once a radio signal is sent, it it'll just keep traveling throughout space? Am I? Yeah. Okay? No, that's that's a thousand yeah. percent true. So like. So, yeah, because I think I remember this in Cosmos from Carl Sagan, like every radio thing that we've ever sent over whatever is still traveling. That signal is still going reverberating throughout space. Like I think if you remember the movie Contact, yeah, one of the things that they get back from the signal ends up being like the Nuremberg rally from 1933 in Germany. Well, yeah, because wasn't that one of like the first actual yeah. televised things? Yeah, so that's it was why like one it's of the like first, the first like, televised yeah, things in, in, in history. So that's like one of the, of course, people like take it in a, in a bad way, and I, I, which is understandable yeah. characters in the movie, but that's just saying that the extraterrestrial, the aliens, whoever that was contacted that's the first signal that got to them uh, so i think that's interesting is how radio at least is is still w- whatever radio play the orson wells one is still being broadcast right now as we speak somewhere out in the universe well yeah like they in co- in the plot of contact they actually touch on that and they're it's like a point of contention where they're like oh we should we sever communication with them but yeah. then it's like oh this can be a miscommunication they're just, they're just trying to communicate sending yeah. back something that we sent to them proverbially so mm-hmm. it is it's kind of interesting how it's like it's a little meta in that way that it plays out the same in the storyline. Yeah, no, exactly. But yeah, so I, I think that there's a lot out there. I, I Going back to just my list here, I have a couple others. There was also one that I found called Limetown. It's another oh, fictional Limetown, podcast. Okay. Yeah, it's about the disappearance of several hundred people from a Tennessee town and the fallout from like such a strange, bizarre event. There were moments where it's kind of like you might think what's happening but or that it's real, but it's like, but it's, it's, it's completely made up. It is a totally fictional one. Like it is not based on any kind of reality, uh-huh. but, but it like, it, it, it's, it's kind of like that Crichton telling where it kind of like feels like yeah. it's, it's playing out. It, it uses that. Yeah. Pistolary style. Is that what's called? Or like that found almost like the found footage version. Yeah. In, in written form, you're using do, do, like documents to tell a story. That's kind of like what I really like about the first season of K-63 mm-hmm. is the only time you hear anything narratively from what's going on is from the perspective of the tape recorder in the therapy sessions. And I was huh. like, that's because like it, it has this very realistic lens from which you're viewing this. Yeah. Well, and and, it almost feels like a record. And two, we talk a lot about all the different art forms as much as as much as we can. I mean, we haven't. I mean, I, I know we've mostly have barely scratched the surface. Yeah, even barely that. scratched the surface on it. But if you think about it, a lot of them come down to certain senses that you're going to use to paint that picture, be it in your mind or watch it in front of you with a movie or a TV show. And it's always it's always a neat challenge to know, okay, if you're doing a radio play, the the main the only sense really that you have with the connection with the audience is is the ear, is your ability to, yeah. is to hear. So you have to, when you're writing that and crafting your story, you have to remember, okay, how I have to rely solely on sound to communicate what's happening. I think that presents a, an interesting little challenge when you're trying to tell a story with it. Yeah. It's like, I, I think that those limitations can be a virtue. Yeah. And you can see things a little bit differently or maybe find a new way how to do something. It can, it can be 
be as much a benefit as it is a limitation. No, yeah, you get that 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 art from adversity, essentially. Being you, forced to think outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, I know I know some of the some of the times where I've learned the most or when I've been the most constricted. Like when I have more tools at my disposal, I maybe mm-hmm. don't pick up quite as much because I didn't have to, I wasn't forced to think of a different way. No, yeah. Your focus is almost like pulled to the point where your creativity can sort of glaze over. Yeah. It I, I love one of the I think I've mentioned this before on one of the lectures I I watched from uh, Brandon, the author Brandon Sanderson, the sci-fi fantasy author, he'll mention how a video game that he would play, I think, I believe it was part of one of the Elder Scrolls games from way back when. If you can do, if you try to do everything, a little bit of everything, and he's referring this to in terms of like world building for like a story, for a fantasy story, you can, it can become counterproductive or it can work against in the sense of like you'll create what is called like an ocean that's an inch deep. So yeah, yeah. it's vast, but the depth to it lacks. So it, essentially what he's getting at is tr- pick one thing, pick a couple things and do them well and go deep in, into them rather than trying to, if you're creating a world, oh, I got to have a language. I got to have a, I got to have 50,000 cities with 10 million roads named. And I got to come up with the history of every road and the bakers and and the brothels and, 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 and the interworking politics and, 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 and what, who's, who's having, sex with who who died this week it can it can be jar jar he's the key to all this (laughs) if we get jar jar working then we'll be good (laughs) yeah it it can become overwhelming and and when you're putting that to the audience your reader whoever you're not gonna be able to get all that across so if you pick like one or two things and do that well that will show and it'll be all your story will be all the more better for it and i think that's going back to radio plays having that limitation you have to say okay i have to do I have one way to, 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 I have one medium, if you will, to transfer this story to the audience. Now, how can I use that tool to make sure that people can paint a picture in their mind or at least start to get that sense of whatever emotion that eyes the author want them to have? Yeah. I think too, like we were talking before in terms of production on a radio play, mm-hmm. and I mentioned that it's kind of, kind of has the atmosphere of being like a table read, but it's like, if you can record them remotely, remotely i mean obviously that's not always going to be an option but it's like you could potentially bring people together on a project that necessarily wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to so you can create you can create very unique casts with people who live opposite ends of the country opposite ends of the globe and i i think that that opens up a lot of creative possibilities with these where with a film you you, unless you're marvel you have to physically get people in the same location yeah (laughs) they they find creative ways to get around things but yeah i think i think the unconstrained nature of how a radio play can be produced i think Mm -hmm. is something that i i just want to kind of bring some awareness to because i find them very interesting the the cardinal few that i've really gotten attached to i I just i love to see the way that they they keep coming around every year and they maybe they're not quite as robust as a television show but it's like they're there's still something to them no absolutely I, I think like we've talked before how video games are kind of like a unique medium that every you don't want to cross compare it to maybe this will be a movie or a TV show. It's like, I don't, I don't like thinking about it that way anymore. Yeah. It's like, I, I want to see something push this medium to being unique and bring something out that only can really exist in this form. And I think that this 
this is one of the ones that kind of sits in one of those unique categories. Obviously, it's a little closer to television and movies in terms of you know how it unfolds. It is one of the two elements that make up TV and movies is the mm-hmm. the audio end of the audio visual. Yeah, but but I think that there is a uniqueness to the radio play that's going to come forward in coming years as more and more of them come to, come out. No, I would I would definitely agree with that. And I you had mentioned like video games there too, and, and I, I will say I am I am definitely not an expert. In, in this medium, in in the radio play. I've, I've never written one or attempted to write one. But even just talking about it now definitely gets that creative juice flowing a little bit. Yeah. It makes you want to like, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe we could like see what, see what happens, see what we can do. But yeah, you were talking with video games. One thing that just clicked in my mind, it brought, brought it about when you mentioned it. Did you ever play the Fallout games before? I, I've i never like sat through them. I have played a lot of parts of them, but I've never gone a straight run on them. So... One thing that I really love about it is in that in the game you're in a post-apocalyptic world after like a nuclear war and everyone's kind of like stuck in like like the future is like a a futuristic it's like it's like in the year 230 something and then that's when the nuclear war happens I can't remember exactly yeah. but it's in like a futuristic 1950s style it's as if like we progress technologically beyond beyond what the technology what we even have today but culturally we sort of like got stuck in the 1950s essentially if that i think that's the best way yeah it's like the future and the aesthetic of the yes 50s. yeah that's no that's the best way to describe it but one of the things they have it's called a pip boy and that's <laughs> yeah. the, i i love I, I just love how th- this can go like playing back into the ludo narrative dissonance thing <laughs> but i i like how like in that there's still what became one of the main ways of communication in this post-apocalyptic world is the radio yeah comes has like a resurgence and one of the things you can do is listen to different radio stations on there and they have like they try to do like things in the style of of the classic radio plays and i found myself a lot of times when i'm just playing around in the game going back to that meditative sort of affect the quality that we we talked about found myself putting that on and listening to these radio plays and it it just it 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 certainly enriched that whole experience. Here I am in this completely computer generated world, which has listening a ton to the of radio. Lore. Yeah, listening to the radio in that in that fake world, and <laughs> it's almost like a weird Inception kind of thing happening there, which I, I thought was interesting. I don't I don't mean to poke fun, but it made me think of the episode of The Office where Dwight's building Second Life inside of Second Life. <laughs> that's I'm building Second Life inside of Second Life. Yep, yep, that's true. <laughs> I set myself up for that one. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> well, it's too, like, looking back and, his, like, the historical element of it, mm-hmm. it, it, it is kind of the backbone of sound design. Yeah. The, I mean, these ex- these existed before, like, a lot of the big productions came around. Definitely, like, radio plays existed before the advent of sound into film. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, they were kind of the first iteration of sound design. And like, I remember looking at like, there was like BTS stuff of like old timey radio plays being done. You could see like all like the doodads and the boobobs of them, <laughs> like hitting a bell or like sp- springing like a copper oil and stuff. And just yeah, like well, all uh, these weird contraptions. Like, is that how I don't, I don't know the answer to this. Is that how like the Foley artist was essentially created? I, I mean, it seems like a natural flow to me. I don't, and I don't know for any ironclad like tracing yeah. that, but, but well, for uh, viewers who are not familiar, the Foley artist in film is essentially like you'll get, you'll have a lot of like when you're, when you're doing the, the sound design for it, you'll have a lot of things that the sound needs to be added later. 
like something as simple as a, a paper grocery bag. Yeah. Usually on set, they'll use something that looks like a real grocery bag, but it's actually made out of like felt or like like a fabric that to to make sure that it gives off as little as noise as possible because they got to capture the actor's lines. And so they want it as clean as possible. Yeah. And then the Foley artist, that's their job, will later then in their in a room in the studio will record the noises while watching, usually watching the film. I don't know if I'm assuming they still do it that way. Mm-hmm. And, and the ways I've seen it done lately, that's typically up. Yeah. And then record that noise and then add it in later on. One of the big ones I know, like the Cardinal, just regular ones that I've seen done is just adding footsteps back in. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, you can do that from a database now. You can like look up a noise, add that to it. But I do think there is that is another thing well also too if you're putting on a production i know like a lot of those things are consciously executed like like the sound team will a lot of time will take like background or whatever other talent on set and just in the costuming of whatever actor they're recording it for the scene and they'll just literally create like a sound library real quick when there's like downtime or like Mm -hmm. b crew on set like they'll they'll grab stuff make use of their time if there's offset time or day what have you whatever kind of thing you know i've worked more the indie end of things but yeah I've, i've seen good use of time there for just like grabbing that kind of stuff and then you have this this well of stuff that in location that's going to perfectly match what you're doing and that is I, in my opinion that's the ideal way to do it yeah you can grab from a database but i don't think it's a good sound designer can make anything but yeah. i think having a good palette to build from of stuff that was on location i think is a, a definitely a better place to start than from scratch mm-hmm and you have to almost think you have to think a little bit differently of how you're gonna execute this story because again you only you only have the audio portion to do it and it's interesting how like I, I don't know how the script would necessarily look but you can put some notes in there I think of like one of my favorite descriptions and I think I'm if I'm remembering it correctly is once again something from Lord of the Rings you know the the ring race in that yes I've heard so of them. in <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're iconic scream. They're that, that high pit sort of thing they give yeah. in the movies. So it's that whale, that ban- that banshee like whale that they have. If I, if I'm, I, if I, who you calling a whale? Who you, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll say what I want to say. <laughs> If I remember correctly, and I, I hope I'm getting this right, I believe Tolkien sort of describes it, the noise that they make, as almost how when leaves are rustling, when, when a big, when a wind picks up leaves, dead leaves in like the fall and the autumn and scrapes them against like a mountainside yeah. you know, or like a rock like that's well, the you, way since since you bring that up that's actually very i completely forgot about this until just now sorry to interrupt no yeah you're good another great piece of sound design from that was the sound of the balrog yeah they literally just took a cinder block dragged it mm-hmm. <laughs> like, i know and, then, and, that, and that's and that is that is huge because uh, that's i think when you, if you're doing a radio play like you have to almost like you can you can create noises like that with just some of the simplest objects especially today with the ability to tweak them and change them yeah. in the computer to do that level of world building is certainly something you can do but it all like in the in the k63 show that we've been discussing i mm-hmm. mean a lot of that is just like a cor- the courtyard outside of the institution or just the banter of like the other in- the other inmates of yeah. the institution it's like it's a very in terms of locations it's very simple simple for the sound design but it's an incredibly effective and engaging story that didn't take much to produce honestly other than the two actors that are principally involved yeah and it almost has a weird way kind of when you're if you're painting or doing like photoshop or something you work in layer yeah and it's i would imagine it would be similar 
doing a radio play because you have to then think of like, okay, I've got, you take like a courthouse outside or in the, in the woods, wherever you are, you got to think, okay, what's going on in the background? What can you hear? Do we, is there, are we outside? Are we inside? If we're in, a, if we're in an office, what kind of office is it? Is it, a, is it an accounting office? Is this a stock market? Is this a video game development office? Is this a medical insurance <laughs> office or something? So yeah. what would be the, what would, what would be the background noise? And then you keep moving forward in the layers. Do you have other people talking? Who are the main characters? I guess there would also be to the aspect of diegetic and non-diegetic sound like you have in film. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I don't know if you want to do what I, I do you want to describe to our viewers what in case to inform in case anyone is unaware. So it's kind of like a separating layer of like interpretation from the audience, I would mm-hmm. call it. So like diegetic sounds are sounds that appear in the world of the film t- and can be heard by the characters within it. And then non-diegetic would be like either soundtrack or music most often. Yeah. That are meant strictly for the audience to hear. Yeah. And not necessarily occurring in that world. So there's like, it's almost like that division of the fourth wall mm-hmm. for the act, for the, for the cast and the, the actors within the world of the medium. And then everything beyond that is strictly for the audiences are just, I don't know. I maybe I'm wrong. No, 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 no. Have some confidence here. No, you're right. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. It's, it's essentially just whatever emanates from the world of the story or what doesn't. Yeah. And so like, if you have a radio in the shot and something's coming out of the radio in the movie, that is considered diegetic so i would imagine in a, in the in the radio play the narrative podcast you can work with that a little bit as well in that if you want to have a like a, a narrator character who's reading something is like oh sarah came to the park today and met with john and then you go into the scene obviously that's a horrible line don't you know <laughs> but I, I don't have the ability i don't have the skills to be a narrator but that's something that can be done and used to your benefit when making a radio play i feel yeah and i'll say i think that it's a lot of bigger name actors are coming and showing up in a lot of these but i think mm-hmm. it's a good palette for a lot of voice actors to come in. And I, I know that Marvel Wastelanders has a few that have come through those casts. Some of the other shows that I've caught have just strictly voice actors that have come through, but it's, there's, there's, you look at something like Critical Role, which mm-hmm. is an on, it's, it's just like a, a live streamed D&D club, basically is yeah. what it is. But the, the, the players that consistently come through are like, mostly voice actors and what's cool about that is you're kind of getting this like extra breath of life into the characters that are built from these voice actors who really know what they're doing in that yeah that arena so it's it just has this extra layer of depth that kind of draws you and that's why i think they've been very successful with that because really lends itself to the dnd storytelling there's they really like do a good job of fleshing out their characters and making them feel real yeah i, I would agree in that and that's one thing that lends i think lends itself very well to radio play is D&D. Yeah. Just the essence of it. If you've never played it, shame on you. <laughs> because well, not, I, not shame on you. Not shame on you. I know I didn't you. get a lot... I didn't get a lot of opportunities through college because I actually didn't find a lot of people that were into it until like late in the game and then they already mm-hmm. had their groups set well, up. Well, so. I think too it's, it's that... It's really not, I've never played it as like a, I've never been a stickler for the the rules of it. I always just looked at it as it's literally a writing exercise. That's essentially what it is. So if you enjoy creativity and writing, I I highly recommend it. If you don't, that's okay too. If if you're not a fan of it, no problem. One Uh, of my favorite things to do with D&D campaigns is to take 
pre-existing campaigns or ones that other people have written and adapting them to mm-hmm. fit the parameters of other like famous existing storylines. So like, yeah, say like a, a Terminator two campaign or like, like a, the thing campaign, like I, mm-hmm. stuff like that, I think is that adds another depth of intrigue to it. No, it, it definitely w- sparks, I think the creative mind and, and it's, it's meant to just be fun. And then that's going back to when we said you're limited with the limitation or that art from adversity with a radio play, you look at something like that. And if, if it were made, if, if that never existed and were made today, it would surely be a video game in yeah. some form. But I believe that came out in the late 70s or something when it and when it was first developed at D&D. And all they could do at the time was say, well, we're going to have to just use pen and paper. You're just going to have to use yeah. your mind and like you're going to have to just use your imagination as the main tool here. So like, I, I'm just to say like when if you're doing a radio play, yes, you don't have many of the fancy things that you see in say like that would be used in a Disney movie or Warner Brothers production or whatever, something with Amazon, but that's okay. You can still make something incredible out of it by just using... Oh, absolutely. But just using the skills to listen. As long as you have a good story, I think, you've definitely got the bones to make something worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And sound design and other elements will will come as you push forward. But And it's not to... I I hope that I'm not putting down sound design in any way by saying it's a more attainable medium. I just think that it's... It doesn't come... As we said, it doesn't come with all like the constraints of having to find locations, of having to scout things out, having to get the visual end of all the gear. Yes, you still have to get my Microphones. You have to acquire whatever you you would cobble together to build the sound design of the world. That obviously goes obviously goes with a lot of gear as well, depending on how deep you want to dive. Yeah. But I, I do find it to be a more in-house, more collaborative atmosphere than film can get to be as it's more expanded. So it's I think it's an interesting middle ground medium that I think a lot of people have overlooked. Not not everybody, but I think it it would benefit from a light being shined on it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's it's not to say it doesn't have its own challenges and you got to work at it and, and master the craft like anything else. It, I just think it, it doesn't have, like you said, as many unnecessary constraints, if that makes sense, to putting it out there and getting yeah. it made. If you want to make the next Marvel movie, good luck. Yeah. But you're going to need a lot of money and you're going to need a lot of extra help. If you want to make your own radio play, there there's not much stopping you. It, it, is, it is a much more uh, attainable but that's not to say that it doesn't still take mastery. It's going to take some work. Yeah, it, yeah. Not not even just mastery, but just work. It's going to mm-hmm. you're going to have you're going to have to put in the hours for sure. But it's something that you can do. When we were researching getting started, I had a lot that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't fully up to the challenge and ready as I thought I was. But you do take the ball and you run with it. And every step is another thing learned and another another step towards uh, your end goal. There. I was basically just going to say something I've said again, but do just it in go. A different. Just in a different way. You go back to the beginning. And then you go back to the sort of non-linear. Stuff. Just tell us what happened, man. <laughs> oh, it's Nikes. I hate. Do you, does this happen to you more often now? Dude, every, every, every single episode we do, I do that. I'm, I'm just like, God <laughs> damn it. The hell brain, was I talking just, about? I feel like my brain has just deteriorated out of my ass at this point. I don't know. It's gone. I lost it. I'll have to. All right. You get it back. You get it back about an hour after we wrap. <laughs> yep. Probably. Well, we were talking about the being able to make a radio play mm-hmm. and it not being as, again, not as difficult. That's not the word. Oh, man, this is bugging the hell out of me. All right. Well, I'll have to let it go for now. Yeah. One of, we did braze on it, but I do want to talk since we brought it up. 
a little bit about the War of the Worlds because mm-hmm. I, I do think that that was such an interesting situation. It, it, it was a, well after the birth of the radio play at the, the, the turn of the previous century. Yeah. But I, Orson Welles, near the start, near the more start of his career, he was doing a series of radio radio advertisements more so than the play itself. But it was passing itself off as a real broadcast. It was kind of like the Cloverfield found footage movie, but not mm-hmm. advertised as a movie. It was just kind of put on the air as a what seemed to be a real broadcast. So <laughs> when those came on the air, a lot of people heard it and thought that the world was being invaded Made, by Martians yeah. and the content of the advertisements were really happening. <laughs> So a lot of people thought that it started a lot of small pocket bits of panic of people thinking that mm-hmm. the world really was ending and <laughs> that Martians had invaded. Yeah. For all, all the good intent there, there was some interesting problems <laughs> caused by those broadcasts. And I know Wells had several lawsuits that he had to deal with through that. It was very messy and complicated. He did, he did get, uh, get the word out about the movie for sure. Yeah. And which it, I, do you remember the show? Hey Arnold back in the day? I loved Hey I loved Hey Arnold. There was. A, I'm actually. I'm actually wearing a Nickelodeon T-shirt right now. Oh, of what? Just like just the Nickelodeon thing, or? Yeah, it's got like all all the the old school '90s cartoon. They did an episode, a Halloween special, where they sort of paid homage to the whole War of the Worlds broadcast. Essentially, Gerald and Arnold are trying to play a prank on everyone in the boarding house and they do like a fake broadcast and have everything set up for this alien invasion but it ends up somehow they end up broadcasting it to the entire city and the whole city goes into panic thinking that there's <laughs> real real aliens invading oh uh, so my, that, that's something i think one. worth digging up too if you want just a little tidbit there yeah like i said i know it was similar to like the ease of it it was just like another little detail i was going to point out but I, yeah. it's escaped me now. I'm, I've got presque vu. It happens. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. Just tell your doctor <laughs> next time you go in. And they have pills for it now. They'll, they'll get it taken care of. Yeah, uh, okay. I think the radio play is just an interesting medium. I think it's something that if you're willing to look up a few of these, it's something that could be, be worth worth your time to check out. I, d- I know that there's some stories out there that could benefit from the more ease of production yeah. that these that these can offer. So yeah, something it, to consider if you have a, a script or something that you're kicking around. It's definitely one of those ones that like at first I might not look as appealing or as it might not have the the, the sex appeal, the sexiness of the, the, the blockbuster film or the next 300 million dollar making bestseller but it, it is definitely something that that you're right deserves more more time in the limelight yeah and i, I think that there's already a wealth of stuff out there to check out check out look into and see if there's something that might catch your interest you know it might at the very least might even be something that you can find to just kill some time or help you help you multitask your daily activities because that's yeah. certainly what 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 i picked them up for I love how you're recounting the story as if I was not <laughs> involved directly. As I was like, I'm, yeah. Brian, I was there. 